0: Welcome to Once More with Commentary, a Buffy and Angel podcast. We are back for season five. <laughs> season five of Buffy, season two of Angel. Yes. We've made it through the dark valley. We're hopefully, hopefully. climbing towards the light. <laughs> um, I'm Allie. I'm Jenny. And today we're talking about Buffy versus Dracula. Mm-hmm. I promised In- you a Dracula imitation, but I'm not going to do that.
1: Well, that's disappointing. Yeah,
0: because I just realized in my head what that was going to sound like.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think you have tried to do an accent. Maybe we both did once on this and it was not good.
0: (laughs) Let's just stay away. We'll not. Um, And then on Angel, we've got Judgment. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Ginny, how have you been in the last uh, couple weeks? I know. It's so weird. I mean,
1: I've seen you since we last recorded, That's true. right? Yeah. But that even feels like that was forever ago. I know. So but much I'm has pretty happened
0: good. in two weeks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. It's hot here, which I like enjoyed for like 20 minutes and now I'm over it. Um, so that's annoying. I drink too much on Friday night <laughs> and because I'm 32, I still have a headache today and I'm really annoyed about that. Uh, But I did have a good time. We went back to, um. some of our friends are moving out of New York, which sucks. I'm very sad about it. But <laughs> we went back to this. I think it's like, on if you look at it up look it up on Yelp, it's like a college bar for NYU kids. And I was like, well, we didn't know that the first time we went there, and I'll just ignore that this time. But it's like a shitty bar, but they just blast 80s and 90s music and play all the music videos on the walls, and there's like screens everywhere. So it's like, I don't, like we were we were also worried, I had been there with some of the same people before, and we were like, were we just drunk last time when we came in here? And that was why we thought it was so great. And so like, at first when we walked in, they were like, maybe this isn't great, but it is. It's never not fun to dance to loud 80s and 90s music like it's just a good time so yeah just it was delightful
0: be the cool adults showing the kids how it's done like it
1: didn't seem like there was that many I, it, I didn't feel like everyone in there was college age so I don't know if well it is summer maybe that's
0: yeah maybe
1: yeah that's a good point hmm maybe that was it and it's also like pride weekend so maybe I don't know people are doing other things or more people were there that were out that wouldn't normally be I'm not exactly sure it felt exactly the same, though. There were a lot of kind of creepy guys just looking <laughs> around the corner, but we had several dudes with us, so it was, like, cool. With
0: a nice buffer. Yeah.
1: yeah. I kept just, like, shoving Alex when I like, see somebody creeping up behind us. Like, you go down somewhere there now. Okay, <laughs> now scoot you over this way.
0: I move you where I want you to be. Not like we
1: can't take care of ourselves without it, but it was funny to be like, oh, you know what? I have a convenient, yeah, buffer, as you said. It's like your
0: <laughs> <a> human shield. <laughs> yep. <laughs>
1: Um yeah, but that's been my weekend. It's been I had a great Friday and a bad Saturday <laughs> and a medium Sunday, but you know I'm getting there.
0: Yeah. I um I've been getting back to reality because I was traveling for like two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um both for work and vacation. Although mostly it felt like vacation because there was something about Yeah, I forgot you were even doing work stuff. Well I was at a conference, which was hmm. like incredibly boring. So I think I just blocked that out. Yeah. But, but I was in Seattle, so it was fun. You know, I ate a ton of great food, and then I, like, you know, went on a little road trip down back to California, which Mm -hmm. I've always wanted to do. I'd never been to Oregon. It was stunningly beautiful, weirdly hot. Like, well, Portland was hot, but the coast Hmm. definitely wasn't hot. But, you know, saw, like, Crater Lake and Redwoods and all kinds of things, stunning coastline. I mean, I I always think of, like, Oregon as, like, just a bunch of people, like, in the woods growing pot, but that's not really...
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean I really love those coastal parts too though like I know you went through Eureka too and like that whole area is just like oh you can be in mountains and in a forest and also on a beach at the same time and it's just like ridiculous
0: yeah not that I don't
1: know that that exists but it's like really stunning
0: it really is I'm
1: I'm imagining Oregon is similar yeah well and and like
0: that part of Oregon is like that and then you go like just a little bit east of like five and it's like desert Mm mm-hmm Like there were Mm. even parts of five that we were driving through, and it was so brown, and I was like, "Oh, this is." Did you go to
1: Bella's house or whatever? (laughs) Isn't that in Portland, or is it in Oregon somewhere? Where? Uh, The house that Bella from Twilight lives. Oh my
0: god! No. Okay, so that was on the Olympic Peninsula in Washington. Oh.
1: Okay. And
0: I don't know how close we would have been because I never bothered to look (laughs) it up on the map. But we, we, so we were going to drive from Seattle down like and go west and then back in east to Portland but we hit such bad traffic that we Mm. ended up skipping that part and we did go out to like Cannon Beach but we did it like as like a quick morning trip Mm -hmm. um, when there was like no traffic. So okay. I don't know how close I would have been to the Twilight place. <laughs> but, but it wasn't on your itinerary. <laughs> it wasn't on the itinerary, no. We also skipped the Goonies house. I don't think I would have recognized it anyway. It's been a very long yeah. time since I've seen the Goonies. Yeah. Yeah, but no, it was fun. And, um, you know, now I've just been spending the weekend, like, adjusting. Like, I have to – I worked from home Thursday, Friday, and mm-hmm. I have to actually go back to the office and, like, Ugh, me too. be <laughs> there. And it's, like, it feels like my vacation <laughs> is ending.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, but
1: um, I actually got to drive in California too. I forgot about that. You did because again, as that was so long ago, that's like I forgot I was even there. But not really. You got to um, do the
0: beautiful drive from San Francisco to Vacaville.
1: Well, no, no, no. I didn't drive to Vacaville. I drove to um. San, I just drove. We were in oh, the that's like, right. You
0: went to the wedding north of Santa
1: Rosa. Yeah, we were there for a wedding, and then we had to drive back to SFO on Sunday morning. But it was a really nice drive. That was. It was the first time in probably like seven or more years that I've like enjoyed driving <laughs> where I was like, Oh, this is fun. And to like come down, like, you know, not that driving through Santa Rosa is not like anything special, but going across the golden gate bridge and then just like driving that direction. was like really nice. Yeah. We
0: couldn't do the golden gate bridge because so rental cars now have this stupid thing where if you use their little, mm. they have like a little toll thing, you know, like mm-hmm. a thing in the car. And if you use it once, it triggers a fee for the entire trip. Like, a daily mm. fee that you have to pay even for days you didn't use it. And the only toll oh. on the entire trip was the Golden Gate Bridge. <laughs> um, or the only, you know, um, automated, auto, automated toll.
1: Mm-hmm. So we had
0: to go over to the Bay Bridge because you could still pay cash. Could
1: still pay. Yeah. yeah that's funny. Um, but
0: it actually worked out because uh, we actually ended up stopping at a winery in Sonoma on the way. So mm. it was a good excuse to head, head that way. But speaking of wine tasting, we went to the Willamette Valley I drank a lot of good I've never pinot. been there.
1: Okay. <laughs> and
0: it's, it's it's different than Napa. Like um, hmm. like in the summer, it's still really green, or maybe it was early enough that it's still green there. And like we mm-hmm. went to a couple wineries with really good views and had a lot of good wine. I brought back a lot of wine, <laughs> a lot of expensive wine that I still kind of can't believe I bought. But I was like, I've traveled for this. I will spend money. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like going to Sonoma where I'm like, what do you mean this wine costs $20? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so it was really good. But then I came home and I watched Buffy. I yeah, tried to get my too. mom to watch Buffy, but she didn't want to. So <laughs> mm, no fun. I was like, but it's the one where Buffy meets Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't a selling point.
1: <laughs> Odd. That's very strange.
0: Yeah. Well, so let's talk about it. Yeah. So tell me what happened in this episode. So, like I said, as the episode title also implies, Buffy does meet Dracula. So we see, we start out with this great scene that I actually really love, but we'll talk about that Mm -hmm. later. But Buffy wakes up, goes and slays, and goes back to bed. And we see from the scene that Riley's still there. And Mm -hmm. then we see everybody hanging out on the beach, having a good time. Buffy and Riley are playing football. Everybody's just kind of chilling. Willow tries to make a fire and it starts raining, but Mm -hmm. she claims it wasn't her. And then we kind of see that it probably wasn't her because then we see Dracula show up in Sunnydale. And, you know, it's a very creepy horror setting, rainy castle, two delivery guys and this clawed arm like breaks through the coffin or box or whatever and Mm -hmm. kills the the security guards. Um, And then Buffy's out hunting again and she runs into this vampire who really claims to be Dracula, but he can kind of back it up with just his general demeanor and (laughs) spookiness and Willow and Xander approach him too and uh, you know he turns into a bat and so they're all like oh my god we met Dracula and they go and tell Giles about it they're kind of fangirling out over it a little bit yeah. you know <laughs> like it's their first celebrity vampire I suppose but they quickly I mean
1: Angel and Spike are celebrities
0: but not to but like sure. not in the same way not in like pop culture so they quickly realize like Dracula is not just some, like, celebrity to kind of be gawked at. He becomes a real threat to deal with. He kind of sets his sight on Buffy. Um, Mm -hmm. He gets into her house and bites her, and she kind of becomes enthralled by him. Xander gets put under his master spell, and he's trying (laughs) to help Dracula out and eating spiders and all this stuff. Um, So they eventually go to Dracula's castle, which has magically appeared in Sunnydale, and um, they each encounter various elements of the story and their attempt to defeat him. Giles Mm -hmm. encounters the Brides of Dracula, and um, Riley has to basically dispose of Xander, but that's, I mean, this is (laughs) Riley versus Xander. That's not a difficult fight. Um, And Buffy ultimately defeats Dracula because he tries to play on her powers and tell her that he understands the darkness in her and she drinks mm-hmm. a little bit of his blood and then she... Creepy. Yeah, she's like grossed out by that and so just ends up mm-hmm. kind of breaks the spell and she kills him. Well, She stakes she, him. She stakes him. Then he comes back. She stakes him again and then he starts to come back. So the implication being that Dracula is gone but not truly dead. Um, yeah. And then the other thread happening in this episode is Giles tells Willow that he's decided to leave Sunnydale because Buffy's no longer his charge she doesn't need a watcher Mm -hmm. she hasn't needed one for a while and he's feeling that he's not really needed here anymore but then at the end Buffy tells Giles that she's been going out hunting not just slaying and that she wants to understand more about her power and she'd like him to help her so she asks him to be her watcher again yeah which is my favorite scene
1: it is a good scene
0: yeah And then and then and then (laughs) I almost (laughs) forgot to mention
1: this. I know, me too. I was like, "Yep, that's how it ends." (laughs) Yep.
0: Uh, And then Buffy tells Joyce that she's going out um, with Riley, and Joyce says, "Okay." And then Riley's walking, or Buffy's walking down the hallway, and she sees this girl in her room, and she says, Mm -hmm. "What are you doing here?" And then we hear Joyce scream up the stairs, "Buffy, if you're going out, can you take your sister with you?" And they both go, Mom! And that's Gasp. it.
1: Okay, so I guess it, this so is twist. Maybe kind of <laughs> obvious, but is this the very first time? Like, is that the moment that Dawn appears? I think so.
0: Because yeah, when Joyce and Bucky are having that there. conversation, yeah. Joyce is like, the house gets so quiet when you're gone, and like, right, it's right, implied right, right, that right. Like, there isn't another person there. And if right. like because it's kind of like that's I always assumed that like the story is like maybe Don was off visiting their dad or something. Mm-hmm. And like that's why Buffy's kind of like, what are you doing here? But I think it's a little more loaded. Like I think in that first moment, like I, I agree. Buffy's getting downloaded with all this information.
1: Yeah. And so then she doesn't know who she is. Right.
0: And then she's like, what are you doing here? And then it's like flip like a switch flips. Yeah. You know? So
1: I so do think that's what not, that's supposed to be. <laughs> I was gonna say this for later but like why cuz we are already talking about that scene for whatever reason i have a really distinct memory of <laughs> a time when i was i must have been pretty young because we lived at the first house that we lived in um when i was growing up so i was probably like 6 or 7 and i remember going to my neighbor's house for some some reason like you know we were friends with our next door neighbors and i was like going to walk over there or maybe it was just my si- actually i think just my sister was going to go over there and i really distinctly remember my mom like making it a point to be like make sure you take your sister and we like got like Fussy about it or whatever, but I ended up going. And then later, it turned out that the like the real reason that my mom had said that is because she got I, I, I guess the details are actually a little bit fuzzy, but like she got one of us a birthday card, and like that was kind of like the punchline was something about like take your taking your <laughs> sister somewhere, or, like how you always take your sister places or something. And I was like that, like that was the reason that she made me go with her <laughs> or made her take me was like to fill a punchline. <laughs> oh man, but Moms. that's like a very. <laughs>
0: Like, that's, like, a thing with, like, you know, older siblings, younger siblings. It like is a thing. But go she's on a date, take your younger sister.
1: But that's literally the only time in my entire life my mom ever said yeah. that. Like, it was only once when I was, like, Ashley. My sister must have been, like, nine. I must have been, like, six or something. I was, like, what? <laughs> anyway, this cracks me up. Also, why do I still remember that? I, like, think about that, like, once a year. Probably once a year when I watch this
0: episode. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, anyway.
0: So, Um, I remember at the time, this, like, wasn't a huge... Okay, first of all, the fifth season is not one that I watched when it aired. Okay. And, but I remember reading in the TV guide Mm -hmm. (laughs) that Buffy was going to get a little sister. Mm -hmm. Like, it was something that they, like, announced.
1: So, it wasn't, like, a surprise. Like it was a surprise for me when I first watched. I it. it. I think it was and know. it
0: wasn't. I think maybe yeah. I'm confusing it in my mind, but they definitely announced that like Michelle Trachtenberg was joining the show, right? And no, like that, that makes she sense. would th- be like a right. younger sibling to Buffy, but they or like in that type of role. I don't know that they really explained fully what it was. Like I think right, it was supposed right. to be a bit of a twist, but, but I, I think you're remember right knowing that- before that she was joining the show.
1: I feel like I read that on internet boards before too. That people were like, "Yeah, we kind of knew." I'll have to look into it.
0: Yeah. But it is a twist because Buffy has very clearly been an only child right. for the duration of the show, and now five seasons in, suddenly she has a sibling. Yeah, um, And obviously the story of how that happened will be a huge theme of the season, mm-hmm. but right now it's just supposed to be like a what kind of yeah. thing.
1: Yeah, <laughs> a head scratcher. Yeah. I mean, I think you're right. Even if you had known that like there was going to be some sort of little sister character, I think it, the assumption probably for most people would be like, oh, that Joyce is getting remarried or something, some kind of reveal kind of more like that. Not the way that they do actually introduce it, which is cool, is like she's just literally been there the whole time, you know, like, I mean, it fits obviously with the way that the story that we're going to get about who Dawn is and why she's there now and all that kind of stuff. But I think in particular, they like make you, you, the viewer, feel the same way, which is like, oh, holy shit. She's been here the whole time. Wait a minute. What?
0: (laughs) Did I miss something? Yeah. Right, right. Because
1: it's like the way that they're talking about it is clearly as though she's been there forever. Not this is let me introduce you to your new sister because I'm marrying this guy or whatever, or this sister that I've hidden from you for, you know, 20 years. Right. Not 20, but.
0: And, you know, anyway. we like we mentioned in our last episode, there is clear foreshadowing for this. But it There's only ton, works yeah. after this episode because we don't even know her name at this point. We don't know right. anything that's going on. So when you find out, like in the next episode, if you watch that and then you go back and rewatch Restless, Tara's line about Dawn coming is a little bit... Yeah. Yeah.
1: Makes um, a little bit more
0: sense. So
1: I guess I'm... Yeah. Well, I'm curious overall how you felt about this episode, because I have to say it wasn't my favorite. And for us having taken a break from Buffy for a while, I was like, Oh, this was, this was like a little bit, it's just slow or something. It felt a lot to me like they were setting things up and not very much like they well executed a cool concept, which is like a super famous vampire gets to be part of the show for a minute.
0: So a couple things, I think, on one level i understand the impulse for to do an episode like this because mm-hmm. obviously the point of this episode truly is the twist at the end and uh, no yeah. i think it okay. is and i think that you can't have it work if like there's this other bigger story that they're already setting up in the first episode and like this episode more sure. than almost any other feels a little bit like day in the life like when is the last time we saw everybody hanging out outside during the day like they're not like it has not like they're hanging out on the beach it has nothing to do with slaying or vampires or
1: demons
0: or anything they're just hanging out like teenagers which is not something that we really ever see them do and you know the only before dracula shows up the only like Other reminders we get is the first scene, which kind of reintroduces like Buffy's fighting vampires, and then um, Giles's discussions with Willow about him leaving. Mm -hmm. But the Dracula thing is just kind of like a whole kind of distraction that's happening. And and the other flip side of that is, I think it works in that it's truly like a one off kind of thing. But I was always extremely disappointed that the show did this. Like, yeah, I why I just think they could have done
1: so much more with it too. Yeah, it's, it's like. They lean into, I think, a thing that Buffy the show kind of often leans into, which is this like sexual dynamic. And I just don't think it made sense. Like, I've already seen Buffy have sex with the vampire and it was much more interesting than this. So it's like, I don't feel like they gave me enough reason to understand, like, why she would succumb to this or like why it was interesting. You know, there's like this weird I guess that's the part where it's like they're trying to set up kind of all of the conflict that's going to happen in this season. Right. Like that. Like The very telling opening scene of Buffy getting up in the middle of the night, sneaking out, slaying and then coming back while leaving Riley there was like, oh, right, that's the whole thing that's going to happen this season. Right. But I think adding this weird like and then he's sort of jealous of Dracula. is like, what? (laughs) That part doesn't make sense to me.
0: Yeah, and the whole Dracula thing almost doesn't make sense in a way like they don't it remotely treat him like a threat until he becomes exactly. one. they're just kind of well, like Well but even then they out. let him live at the end. Yeah. It's <laughs> they're, they're like, Oh even- well,
1: he's still around.
0: Like, Dracula shows up and everybody's like, ooh, Dracula, nobody's, like, dangerous vampire in town. Yeah, like, yeah. That all is a little bit strange to me. Think, and even and the ones not, who've yeah. encountered him before, like Spike and Anya, you know, they kind of all dismiss him, too. Like, Spike is just kind of like, oh, we were rivals back in the day. Yeah, but well, he's Spike's not like,
1: jealous a little.
0: Yeah, but he's not like, oh, if he comes after Buffy, that's going to be a problem. And Anya's kind of like, well, we hung out once, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I, so I think I, think I don't...
1: Yeah. And I think, too, it's weird because, like you're saying, he's kind of a distraction from this big twist that's going to happen at the end. But I also think this is also, you know, everything that we talked about in Restless is it's like Restless is a turning point for the show Buffy. Whereas the thing it was about one thing before and now it's going to be not about things that are completely different. But like from here on out, Buffy's going to be questioning her what it means to be a slayer. And so like that was a big theme in this episode as well. But I found it a little bit again like again like kind of off-putting that like Dracula is the one kind of revealing a lot of information about Buffy that she doesn't seem to know or have thought about for herself like it would have been a lot more powerful I think coming from somebody that we know (laughs) or have a reason to you know have weight behind their words because it's like Dracula isn't Spike or Angel who's like spent a lot of time tracking down Slayers so he would have more you know he would know something about her that she wouldn't know about herself it's like he doesn't seem to care about Slayers until Buffy came around I don't know just weird it, it just kind of muddies all the all the lore
0: <laughs> yeah I mean Dracula kind of acts like he's never seen a Slayer before and that she's more of a curiosity to him than anything yeah
1: um, Which is, like, cool, and I like that element, but I think it doesn't make sense for him to be telling her, like, you're dark, <laughs> you're dark like me, like, what?
0: <laughs> although, I I mean, do even like... if she
1: is, it brings a point, brings up important questions. I just don't think he was the right conveyor.
0: No, although I would agree that it's a little bit weird coming from Dracula, but I think yeah. because they give him, like, these mind-reading powers, it kind of yeah. makes sense in that he kind of... Did pulls- he have mind-reading powers? I think so, Did I mean, I'm that? sure you're
1: right, but I, I think I thought yeah. that's what
0: they said, and then when he literally repeats right back to her what um the slayer told her, mm. you know about okay, her power and like you just you don't understand or I forget the yeah. quote, but I thought he was pulling it out of her mind like a memory interesting, not, not saying it himself.
1: Oh, I didn't pick up on that. Unless
0: the idea is hmm. supposed to be that in Restless she dreams this, but it's like foreshadowing for what Dracula was gonna tell oh, her. But that I, I refuse to believe that Dracula is going to be related to that dream. Yeah. <laughs> He's beneath that dream.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, that
1: said, Buffy is gonna finally start asking what what are probably some pretty important questions. And I do think I like where they're gonna go, you know she did have this kind of run in with the first Slayer and only as just recently, I think for good reason, right? Like she's been a teenager who's just trying to literally not die and also trying to save the world constantly. Like she hasn't had a lot of time, maybe set us to set aside and like really be introspective. But I think now that she's getting older, you know, and she's managed to live longer than she probably should have. It's like, it is a good time to start saying like, well, where the hell does this power come from? And what is the point of it? And what does it all mean? Like, what am I really, you know, there's almost, Nobody else in the whole world like her except for Faith.
0: <laughs> right. She um, has the luxury now of trying to understand it. Yeah. Yeah. But I I, I guess I, I like everything
1: that's being set up in this episode. I just thought it was kind of boring.
0: I think that's it's it. Like, I think it's, it's just not that asking the right questions. is just boring. Yeah. yeah. I think tied to that, though, we also like this idea that Buffy is hunting and slaying intentionally instead of reacting. Right. Like, she's not just right. reacting to vampires. She comes across. She's, like, out hunting for them. And speaking of Faith, it's kind of... Like, we see her kind of enjoying it in a way that only Faith yeah. really did.
1: Yeah. And for I sure. And I
0: love that tie-in, though, because it's in an episode where Dracula is telling her about the darkness in her power, and Faith was someone mm-hmm. who maybe didn't really understand a darkness coming from her power, but felt like she had a darkness in her. Yeah. So... I kind of like that tie in.
1: It did actually really remind me of the Veruca and Oz conversations that they had where it's like, it is, I I do think what he's saying is true as, as was, as it was probably with Veruca, which is like, I don't know. I don't know exactly what I want to say, but I think that they're both Dracula and Veruca are right to say like, there is something here that you're not dealing with. (laughs) You know, you can't just say, oh, I'm normal now. I'm normal. And then have it be so, you know, to have this. To have these specific powers or specific afflictions or whatever you want to call them, I mean, does change you.
0: (laughs) Well, and also that, you know, they're taking it for granted that it's this thing that happens, like a slayer gets imbued Mm -hmm. with powers, she dies, it passes on to the next slayer. But no one's ever on this show stopped and said, who was the first one? Right. Like, where where do these
1: powers, powers like initially
0: come from like was this just yeah. like an um you know a coincidental thing that happened someone was born with these powers or was it done intentionally and we'll find that out but but not you know, for a while not for a which while which is and kind it's of yeah also odd that nobody nobody's really questioned it like the answer must be somewhere in the watchers archives but maybe not maybe it's happened I so mean, long I ago think, that they've even forgotten
1: but i also think that that makes sense that the fact that as Giles, you know, Giles was a lot like Wesley when he first started, like he was really committed to the Watchers Council. And I think that the Watchers Council doesn't doesn't want the Slayers or the Watchers to know this information. So I think that that's probably part of the reason why no one's ever asked this question before is because that was probably something that like maybe a Watcher in Watcher School raised their hand and said, like, what's the deal? And they probably just shot it down. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's the sort of information that like, I mean, why wouldn't they want her to know? I'm not exactly sure, but they haven't really wanted the Slayers to know anything other than how to be the most effective fighting tool. I mean, according to their measures. So, right. I don't know. And it makes sense to me that nobody would have asked because I feel like it would have been kind of squashed out of Giles, and he's the one that has, up until recently, kind of been leading that kind of conversation.
0: And maybe the Watcher's Council is more like the initiative than you might think, where it's just, you know, questions yeah. aren't encouraged. Exactly.
1: I mean, and, like, knowing kind of what the... An- answer is i'm not sure exactly why they wouldn't want people to know other than that i think they really just don't want slayers wasting time thinking about their existence because they want that you know they just are happy to to let them die and be replaced like it doesn't really matter to them that they find satisfaction in anything that they're doing they just want them to kill vampires <laughs> yeah this is not related to anything i do think this is some of buffy's best hair so far or maybe in the whole series it's looking really shiny really bouncy i just really liked it in this episode it's
0: also a darker blonde
1: yeah, it's like a better this shade, is, I think. This is it's a more natural looking dye job, right? Perhaps. Like,
0: it's very similar to I sh- think like season one color, but it's like, like the high school just gotten, looks nice. platinum is yeah. kind of gone. Um, I do like. Her I mean, hair. I did
1: kind of like it when she had the little really blonde pieces in the front, but
0: yeah, I do but think I just, this is partly why I think of the show as two different halves because there's mm-hmm. like super blonde Buffy in the first part and then golden-haired adult Buffy. (laughs) Golden-haired adult Buffy. (laughs) With, you know, waves and, you know, all that stuff. So, Mm -hmm. Um, I would agree with that. I also, on a fashion note, I was noticing that, at least in this episode, you know, Buffy switched to almost exclusively pleather pants (laughs) <laughs> she did have and them on more than in, once in, in multiple <laughs> colors like you gotta <laughs> admire the commitment to that look but i also was wondering yeah, if they're like, not
1: comfortable either
0: well they look really loose and baggy so that's why i would assume they're not actually leather but sure. on one hand i was like okay but like that seems like a really impractical choice for like daily life in a Movement. hot California yeah. climate. But also, I'm totally, yeah. I was wondering if maybe it's also kind of practical because, like, she wakes up in that first scene and she's, like, wearing pajamas. And, like, instead mm-hmm. of just throwing on, like, workout gear to go slay, she literally, like, dresses up to go slay vampires. Yeah, And maybe that's to be bait. I don't know. But also I was wondering if, like, maybe pleather, like, doesn't stain. You know, <laughs> like, you get some blood on it. Guess, it comes right off because it's plastic. I guess the like,
1: implication is that it should be leather feel like leather would be practical because maybe it's like a little bit durable and that offers a tiniest bit flexible. of like, I think leather would be more flexible than pleather. I don't know. I feel like leather moves and breathes. <laughs> Does it not? I don't know. I, I don't
0: own a lot of leather. <laughs> I don't think it's porous. Like it's not cloth. But like,
1: I guess I'm imagining like bikers wearing all leather and I feel like a little bit of that is. I mean, it's mostly probably aesthetic. Right. I think a little bit of it is—it's no, like it'll, it's it'll help protect you from yeah. things. Yeah. So that's how I can see it's like a modern-day armor, perhaps. But it would also, you stain. know, a low armor. Leather. Yeah. Black leather wouldn't. I mean, well, black not, anything. Okay, she she's should wearing, just be wearing pink black. leather. Oh, okay. <laughs> see, I, <laughs> I didn't commit the outfits to memory.
0: <laughs> she's not hmm. wearing black leather pants. She's got a red pair and a pink pair. The red pair, I remember. Okay. Right, I I mean, she has to be wearing leather, She just does not have the
1: funds for leather, multiple-colored pairs of leather pants.
0: Yeah, but do you think (laughs) these are the same leather pants that she wore to fight Faith, or they're different new leather pairs? Well,
1: I mean, I want them to be the same, but...
0: I do, too, but we've also seen Buffy's rotating collection of leather, I mean, of... uh, I mean, her, her clothes
1: also get escalatingly... Expensive in the, in the, as the seasons go on.
0: This season, I think, is a big jump for that.
1: Like, and I think seven, seven is also, I think, pretty. Yeah. Like, have some crazy things. Um, anyway.
0: Speaking of fashion, right, though, well, I really like Willow's, like, skirt and little blouse thing. I would never wear it, but his... Mm-hmm. I
1: think you know, everybody's looking a little bit better this episode.
0: <laughs> I didn't like Willow's makeup, but other than that, it was fine. Okay. Yeah. I just noticed that, because it was, like, something about... It was, like, they're shooting her in daylight, and it's, like, she's got nighttime makeup on and it was just really yeah. like kind of a lot. But <laughs> um so
1: I guess what do you think about the Giles kind of tease in this episode?
0: I think it's really interesting because this continues to be kind of a plot point and mm-hmm. it really just gets delayed a season. Yeah. And I wonder if that was intentional. Like
1: I'm never I sure. I've
0: never understood to what degree they actually thought the show was ending this season. That's like a good point. I understand by the finale they thought it was ending. Yeah. But at this point in this episode, hmm. does the WB give them some sort of indication of this is probably your last season? You know, are they trying to set up for that of like Giles is in the first episode, you know, making noises that he would like to leave. And so he does this one last final arc with Buffy. Right or is it the actor wanting to leave or I mean is it's it something definitely, that they just it's set definitely up- that.
1: I think everything that I've always read was that he wanted to spend less time filming the show.
0: Right. Probably,
1: maybe not from this point forward, but that's definitely why he leaves when he does leave, like, later. Right. In a, he way, and like, in a way that it's like, it, it would have made more sense for him to leave now in the beginning of season five than when he actually does leave. Because Unless
0: they convince him, hey, dude, it's just one last season, you know.
1: Right, right, right. So maybe that is what happened. But also it
0: works from a plot point of Giles has decided that he's no longer necessary. And Buffy, the twist is that Buffy decides that he is.
1: Yeah. And I do really like, I like it in this episode. I don't like it later because I don't think it makes sense. But in this episode, yeah, I think that, I think it was touching. It's touching to see that, like, we've kind of seen Giles flounder for a whole season. He doesn't have a job. He doesn't, you know, you know, he's kind of like, he's gotten into an okay groove with Buffy, but they're not you know, she certainly doesn't rely on him in the same way that she used to. So like, and I think, you know, watching him have that dream where he realizes that like he gave up having a family and having his own life to do this and stay here. If she doesn't even need him, you know, why would he do that? Right. So it makes sense to me. I think also coming off of the last season that like, this is the time he needs to ask that question. And it's also really touching to see her, uh, you know, I think really maturely realize that like, I don't know everything and you're the one that can help me and I trust you and need you around.
0: Which, on, for both of their parts, ties in really well with Restless, where Buffy's yeah. realized from this yeah. dream that she doesn't know a lot about what she thought she understood, and that mm-hmm. Giles realizes maybe this isn't the life that he wants. And we see them maybe a few months later having time to kind of think process. about this and process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And um, But then they end up coming to different conclusions. But, right. of course, we've seen Giles is never going to leave Buffy if she wants him there. So... Yeah. For
1: now. Um well, yeah, sort of.
0: <laughs> um,
1: this actually reminds me of a thing. So I've been, I've been trying not to spend too much time there for a lot of reasons, but I have been following the like Buffy subreddit recently, and I don't. Mostly, I don't like to read too much because I think we talked about this when we first started the podcast. Is it's like we can't listen to other Buffy podcasts because it's like I'll just end up saying I don't want to get other people's ideas in my head. So I I try to only kind of skim. Like, every once in a while, I click on a post if it seems interesting but I try not to just try to give you my pure honest thoughts that are my own rather than things that I've kind of heard other places. But there been, there was like a whole bunch of like arguing about Xander last week on, on the subreddit where like people were getting really defensive and other people were talking about how much they hate him. More or less the conversation that we have here frequently. <laughs> um, but an th- interesting thing that I saw somebody say was that like, in their opinion, um, Xander did, see Giles as like a father figure for a little bit, but that he sort of got rebuffed by him. And I don't really agree with that, but I did think it was interesting because I think as you know, when we were talking about restless in particular, Xander has that dream where Buffy's in the sandbox and Giles and Spike are on the swing set. I think I I know that I personally was like, I'm not really sure what to make of this. And like what I, I didn't know what to make of that or anything that Xander had in regards to Giles. And I wonder if, Maybe that was supposed to be there, and it just... Have, have I just not been picking up on that, or well, I is I coming out of that nowhere, or does it I make understood
0: sense? that to be what Xander was saying in the dream, when he's like, I mm-hmm. tried that for a little while, or I thought yeah. that for a little while. But I, I I I don't remember if I said this last time or not, but I honestly, I don't know that the show really backs that up. I don't think it does. Like, we've never seen yeah. Xander really even try to have that kind of relationship with Giles. Yeah. Or is it that maybe Xander just assumes, like that he won't. Giles get it. wouldn't want that kind of because yeah. based on his experience with his own father, I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. So Well, it was
1: enough it was interesting enough that I just wanted to say it. I don't agree with it and but I thought it was an interesting thought. Hm. Yeah. Thank you random redditor. I don't know who you were.
0: Yeah. <sighs> Speaking of Xander though, I 100% buy that he's an easy target for Dracula. Oh, totally. Yeah, I did Dracula, actually like him like, in this episode. <laughs> so immediately singles him out for that purpose, like. Yeah. <laughs>
1: uh, I guess maybe part of my problem with this episode, too, or not problem, but, like, I don't, I'm actually not super familiar with Dracula, the original story, or the movie. I like, can't tell how much of this was, but I, I I think this episode, too, though, is confused about, like, how much of this is, like, a play on the Dracula myth, and how much of it is an episode of Buffy, and I feel like Whereas normally they're pretty good at doing these kind of, like, parody moments, but it's this one is like, oh, is that a reference to something that I'm not getting, or is this just, like, a whatever? I don't know. Well,
0: and also in a weird way, it doesn't, like, Buffy has a tendency to, like, take myths and fairy tales and dismantle mm-hmm. them, like the Hansel and mm-hmm. Gretel thing. And, yeah, um, yeah. They, they don't do that here at all. They just sort yeah, of yeah. buy into the myth and it continues. I mean, we literally you know see what? Dracula That's- dusted and coming back to life and there's no You're explanation totally right. for... Like, gypsy magic as the, whatever explanation they give yeah, for his ability like, okay. to, like, turn into animals and yeah. all that stuff. That would not explain that.
1: No, I agree. Well, I
0: don't know anything about that type of magic, so maybe it would, but... <laughs>
1: I mean, I, don't, I, I it, think it was a very offhand comment for to explain away some severe discrepancies in his powers compared to every other vampire that we've seen, including some very powerful ones like the master and Spike and Angel, you know.
0: Right. And it's an odd tone for Buffy to take. It I is.
1: Think. You're right. You know what? That is you hit you. You uncovered the problem with this episode. That's what it is. is that there was no subversion whatsoever to that part of it. And, like, it didn't need to be a big subversion, but, again, like, that Buffy herself goes along so easily with it without even, like, cracking jokes about Dracula, you know? It's, like, that's very uncharacteristic.
0: I, I I think my least favorite scene in this entire episode is when he says, I'm Dracula, and she doesn't scoff and go, yeah, right? She's like, "Yeah, no way. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Because then she, like, tries to say, like, oh, do you know how many vampires I've met that have claimed to be Lestat? But, like, she's completely, yeah. on some level, fully believing that this is Dracula, and it's not turning her off in any way. She's more just geeking out over the fact that she's like meeting Dracula.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, that's a good point. Hmm. So. Okay.
0: Well, let's move on to Angel. Yeah. Um, I think, I feel like Buffy right? as a season really gets going next episode.
1: I mean, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. I think it's going to take a couple episodes for it to feel like I've, ref- like I've gotten real into it.
0: Yeah, although I do want to mention the um, start of this season. we got Anya in the opening credits now. Oh, you know, I didn't actually pay attention to that. Um, Or Emma Mm -hmm. Caulfield, I suppose. Um, Mm -hmm. I forgot to look. I don't remember if um, Amber Benson was in there, but I'll Hmm. definitely make sure to look next time. And also notably that um, Dawn was not. And so I do appreciate that little bit of effort to conceal the reveal. Yeah.
1: Well, and just on that note, as a segue into the episode of Angel, this is the first time that gun is in the opening credits. But yes. to the same point, uh, at the, I mean, spoiler alert, at the end of this episode, Angel goes and talks to Faith, but they did not credit her at the beginning of the episode for the same reason, you know? Right. They've and gotten pretty good at that. Ever since the whole Jesse debacle in the first episode, where I guess Joss Whedon didn't get to do what he wanted, <laughs> they've been really good about select... Well, that's not entirely true. But they're getting better about... Oral, have won the fight with the network about when they can put people's names in the credits and when they don't need to
0: i wonder if it's easier to leave them out than to put them in and then take them out but that that doesn't really seem like it would be more difficult than the other like i thought that was the reason for jesse was they didn't want to of course yeah the they did not like
1: film a whole thing yeah yeah
0: but i feel but like i think there have gone, been some episodes be where they
1: like put seth green's name in the um opening credits and it's like oh well now i know Seth's i mean oz is coming back
0: no i don't think they did that i think they might have hmm well not in the credit credits like not the 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 no no no
1: but just run their name before the episode
0: oh yeah i'm not you know i'm really bad about paying attention to that stuff and i actually think that's a good thing
1: i am now but only when i watch buffy i used to be really eagle-eyed about it Because I was trying to catch things like that. Not just when I watched Buffy, but when I watched anything. And then I realized I was like spoiling shows for myself. And I was like, okay, you need to stop doing that. Exactly. But it's hard not to pay attention if it's something you haven't seen before. Yeah. Hmm.
0: Um, Anyway. Well, let's move on to Angel. Let's move on to Angel. Officially. Yeah. So
1: this episode, Judgment, the opening of season two, actually opens with a very unfamiliar face. A green demonic face who maybe is going to do something sinister, but instead just starts singing, I will survive. Great. And then that's just kind of where we leave that is <laughs> kind of no comment on it. Um,
0: but this episode
1: back. pretty much just jumps into what the what are, what is the angel gang called? They're not the Scoobies.
0: The I don't know the short angels investigations team. I don't, I don't oh, but know. But that's not
1: like a they don't have a quippy shorthand. No, um, not
0: really. Anyway,
1: we just sort of pick up where they left off. And it seems like they've gotten into a really good, comfortable pattern of hunting demons. Like, we see that, like, you know, Cordelia's getting better at acting and maybe having some success in a class. Wesley is, like, impressing women at a bar and they're just, like, having fun and enjoying their lives. But then they get a page from Angel and they immediately drop what they're doing to go, you know, on a mission to hunt a demon of some kind. And they do. They find a demon in a gym. Sure. Whatever successfully kill it and like walk out like a bunch of badasses. So that's kind of where the show starts, right? Is that like they're gelling as a team, they know what they're doing. Um, But as the episode goes on, it's kind of becomes apparent that they're in addition to being very competent in particular, Angel is maybe getting a little bit cocky. And I think he's started, he started to believe that ever since hearing this prophecy about how if he fulfills his destiny, he can become human. He thinks that the more demons I knock down and like, count off on a chart the more the faster that's going to happen um and so of course that's kind of the setup for this episode and that's exactly what happens and he kind of gets bitten in the butt by getting ahead of himself so cordelia has a vision about some sort of dangerous looking demon they hunt down information about him angel finds him you know in a creepy alleyway or parking garage I don't, who knows where they were um and he pretty handily defeats this other demon only to find out that um the demon was protecting this pregnant woman named Joe and that he accidentally killed a good demon. Um, So Angel comes to find out that this woman who's pregnant, um, her baby has some sort of a little bit cagey about this in the episode, but basically some demons want her baby as soon as it's born. And the other demon that he killed was going to protect her and fight for her in front of this like, Demonic tribunal that could offer her protection if he won. So instead, Angel has to um, pick up that mantle and he decides to be the one that's going to fight for her in this kind of one on one death match, like kind of medieval uh, death match in front of this tribunal. Um, in the mean, t- in part of this, as this is going on and he's making these decisions and figuring out what needs to happen, he does have to go visit that demon that we saw at the beginning of the episode. It turns out that demon runs a karaoke bar for other demons. I'm saying the word demon like a lot right now, but they just don't all have names and I can't be bothered to learn all the ones that they do have. Um, And the guy who runs this club They didn't actually give him his name in this episode, but it's Lauren. And I'm going to just start saying that um, can read people's auras and kind of tell them important information about themselves, but only if they sing karaoke in front of him. So Angel has to sing. He does a very bad job of singing a bad Barry Manilow song. And then this uh, Lauren, this demon helps him find out where this woman Joe is run off to. Angel does go and heroically fight another guy to win. And then this tribunal offers her and her baby protection, at least for mean for a while um and that's kind of where the episode ends he angel has realized by the end that like we're they've been keeping track of all the like wins that they've had on this like kind of uh, police station type whiteboard and he gets rid of that because he's like i need to just focus on the people that we're actually saving and why we're doing this and then at the end he also goes and visits faith in jail in what i thought was a very touching scene
0: So I do think that is a touching scene, and it's kind of implied that he does it regularly.
1: Yeah, that he's been
0: there. Yeah. But I guess I just never understood. It's a weird thing to suddenly just introduce. Like, it almost feels more of like a, we want to have Elijah Dushku surprise show up in this episode, because from what I remember, they never really follow up on this either. No, I don't think she Like, she doesn't become, like, a person he goes and talks to. Like, so it's kind of an odd button to the episode, but I do agree. It's a nice scene. It is, But I think
1: I I I guess you're I think you're right, but I think I liked it because he's Angel is really, especially in this episode, having to grapple with like who he is and how he's now now as a as a person with a soul who is good and fighting for good has still managed to kill somebody who was innocent. I think that maybe is what what drove him to need to go talk to her, because that is kind of their weird bond, right, is murder or something. But well, I, I guess Fid I, I th- has
0: accidentally killed someone she thought was a demon, right. but it was just an innocent person. But
1: I think that that's how I, I can see how having that, um, happen to him or doing that rather would be something that would like, you know, kind of like, yeah, he needs to go talk to his like AA buddy or whatever, who can like talk him down from what other implications this might have. I think it makes sense that he would visit her after this, that particular situation. Right. Um, and I do wish that they ha- sprinkled a little bit more of that in there, but I also, as much as this is kind of random, randomly placed, um, I do think it's nice that we get to see, or like it helps that we get to see that Faith is still in jail, because they are going to refer to that again later. She does come back again eventually, you know, in the show, mm-hmm. in, in the shows, um, but I think it's helpful to kind of still have that as like a marker as well. Hmm.
0: And also to see but- that Faith is doing well. Yeah, she, she
1: seems to be coming to terms with things. I don't know if doing and, well
0: is how you would describe being in prison, but, like, she's right, not right. trying to, like, she almost she hasn't seems def- more resigned defected. to, like, yeah. the difficulties of being a slayer in a prison more than yeah. just being in the prison, you know? So yeah. So she is trying to do her, her bit to atone.
1: But, it, it, but yeah, but it doesn't seem like she's flip-flopped again and been like, Meh, actually, I changed my mind about this. This is yeah. terrible, and I could just break out of here.
0: Yeah. But I, I wanted to talk about that scene with, um, Lauren doing the the very first scene where the he's very doing opening the one? yeah the karaoke mm-hmm. number, but it's also kind of a monologue about like L A. and
1: yeah oh, yeah I tuned that out
0: <laughs> yeah you know what was weird about it to me was I always feel like L A. is supposed to be a bigger character in this show it is than it yeah. ever actually is like they always yeah. make this big deal about being in L A. and like his whole monologue is like you know you come here in the city and like I don't know like I just feel like if, if you're taking what he's saying as like a mission statement for the show or this idea or theme of the show, it doesn't mm-hmm. work at all because there's no evidence yeah. of it ever. Like no. yeah. that could literally be anywhere.
1: Yeah. I mean, and to that point I, I didn't even remember that he did that. I was just like, Oh, whatever. He's saying something stupid, but he's singing a great song.
0: Right. It was just an odd thing to focus on or to even write in there and have it have absolutely no bearing on the episode or the show at all.
1: Well, I think that the monologue was silly, but I think that that was a a cool choice to open this episode because this was really I mean this stuff has been sprinkled into both Buffy and Angel so far, but this was really the first episode where they kind of say undeniably that like some demons are good, you know. Yes. We see this this green demon who's running a karaoke bar and that is an asylum for people that just need to get, you know, where there's no weapons allowed. He seems to be good, and in particular Angel kills a a very dangerous demon but who was using his skills only to protect somebody that needed it so i think having that kind of like you know the way that they shoot lauren in the first opening scene is it's like oh is this the demon that they're going to be fighting this week oh no he's totally harmless and innocent i think was kind of clever setup to the to what where this, this episode went
0: no i agree i just think to use but that I agree, yeah. to, to give this weird cut monologue the monologue <laughs> about it's just strange yeah yeah
1: yeah i guess that's just what ri- hollywood do, writers do
0: i do i think from that, that la
1: and hollywood are more important than they are
0: yeah right <laughs> it's like, yeah someone go put that monologue <laughs> in the oscars yeah um, i do like the opening scenes we do get of the characters yeah, though of like this I is what too. everybody's kind of up to um, i didn't
1: like the whole episode but i really liked that part
0: yeah like, Sorry, Wesley's got a here. nice little paying side gig and, like, hustling mm-hmm. people at darts. And, mm-hmm. like, like you said, Cordelia's doing well. And it's just kind of a nice check-in of, like, things are proceeding. Yeah. Even though we saw, like, you know, a pretty dark ending to the last season. Which, speaking of, um, we should mention that oh, yeah. Darla is, in fact, back. <laughs> right. I didn't mention that.
1: <laughs> and we see her getting taken care of by Lindsay and Lila at the at Wolfram and Hart's offices. Mm-hmm. Lindsay already seems to have a little bit of an infatuation with her.
0: Right. And Lila is just, you know, is like, can we just get to what we're yeah. supposed to do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's not really implied or clear at this point whether Darla is human or vampire.
1: True. Um, Good point.
0: But we'll soon find that out. But, um, but it is also made clear that she does remember who, at least... Some of who she is and mm-hmm. who Angel is.
1: It seems like those memories are coming back to her kind of slowly. Not slowly, right. but, like, coming right. back to her g- gradually.
0: Right, like, we um, get a reminder that Angel killed her mm-hmm. and that she consents him. Yeah. But, yeah, no, but I
1: really liked, as much as it's, like, in the in the perspective of this episode, part of the point that they're making is that the gang has gotten a little bit too comfortable with, like, how good they are at this, but at the same time, like, it's just so satisfying to watch them just, like, handily you know, punch out a glass window at a gym, wrangle some demons, and then just, like, march out. Like, I really liked watching them feel confident in their abilities and just have it together enough to not question themselves the way that maybe they have sometimes in the past. So as much as that was, like, it's the lead-in to kind of where this episode goes, it was also just a really nice, like, breath of fresh air to just be like, oh, they're just, like, having a good time and they're doing this well, kind of. You know, I guess having a good time is maybe not the right... Phrasing, yeah, but, but you know they i do
0: mean. maybe need a reminder that as enlightening as the prophecy might have been it's not the reason that they're doing this and, mm-hmm. and kind it, of this yeah. idea they had of keeping score for angel and you know and, exactly. and angel references the prophecy in this episode of like he's
1: really the one that's stuck on it
0: right yeah, like oh this might be he... a thing and so he yeah. kind of has to kind of take a step back and remember that that's not why he started doing this right like he needs to want to atone for himself not for a reward
1: not to settle a score kind of exactly
0: so we did see Angel sing karaoke mm-hmm. and I, I had this thought when I was watching it was like it's really a good thing they never did an Angel musical episode <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> he's so bad at it I mean I'm sure he's trying to be bad but he can't be much better
0: I I feel like yeah he's either not carrying a tune on purpose or he's really just that bad at singing but
1: I mean, between this, his singing abilities and the previous dance moves that we've seen, <laughs> like, it's no wonder that Angel doesn't like to socialize and go out. He's really not impressive.
0: <laughs> he does, however, think Mandy is kind of pretty.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um.
0: I mean, I it's
1: hard not to like Lauren right off the bat, right? It's oh, so absolutely. weird to me. I, I forgot that they didn't say his name until I was just kind of, you know, putting my notes together for the show. And I was like, realized that in all the. References to this episode. They're still calling him the host. Like, oh, I, yeah, I'm sure that they thought this was going somewhere different and that he was going to kind of be this like fourth wall. Yeah. Maybe not fourth wall breaking, but kind of like frame, you know, for the, for the show instead of becoming like an integral character, which is like, in some ways is kind of nice because I do think that the way that he eventually gets embedded into the show, if my memory serves is like pretty organic. And, you know, again, like I, I, I know I like him because he's going to become this like, great part of the group um
0: but so it's weird to I see him kind
1: of in this uh, in this where like that probably wasn't the original conceit for him you know
0: no at this point it seems clear to me that his intention or the intention of his character is to replace the oracles right because, Right, right. Of course, you know they died in the last episode and yeah and angel, people need guidance
1: sometimes yeah right and
0: other than cordelia angel lost his link to the powers that be and angel i mean lauren is replacing that in yeah. some way yeah. Um and they came up with a more mundane less kind of energy- mystical
1: um for the approach. Thank God. Thank God. Yeah. This is yeah. so much more entertaining already. <laughs> yeah.
0: And and also too, um, you know, we see, you know, as you mentioned, Gunn is in the opening credits, but it's only in this episode that he actually right. meets Cordelia and Wesley. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So Which was interesting because I kinda you know, it took me until he starts describing it to be like, Oh yeah, you haven't ever met them. <laughs>
0: Well, what's interesting, too, is, you know, Angel meets Gunn, and he's like, I'll call you if I ever need help. And then Gunn is literally in, like, the next two episodes, Mm -hmm. but it's implied that Angel hasn't contacted him since then, so I guess there's no reason that they would have met, but...
1: Right. um, I mean, it makes sense. It's just, like, as Gunn points out, like, he watched over them while they were hospitalized, and they didn't even realize it, and it's like, oh, yeah, that's like, you guys have this, like, oddly intimate relationship for having never met.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So it's kind of like putting pieces on the board here in mm-hmm. a way. At least we're starting to get more, more of a, a universe built out.
1: Yeah. which is So nice. I think, I, I mean, and all of that stuff I really liked, like I liked Lauren, I liked Gunn, I liked the interactions that the gang was having together. I think really the only thing that I didn't like about this was that they gave such a bad explanation for like what was going on, <laughs> you know, it was like they just needed Angel to have killed someone who was doing something good, but they just came up with the most convoluted backstory for like, Why?
0: Oh, I the, guess, like, what was it? Why did, part.
1: who wanted her baby and why? Was it a demon baby? Was it just a human baby? And, like, even at the end of all this, the tribunal has only given her protection until the baby, like, quote-unquote, comes of age. It's like, what is going on? <laughs> like, this baby never comes back, as far as I know.
0: Well, because we haven't mentioned the jousting match that occurred on Yeah, the yeah.
1: Well, I just kind of brushed over it, but yeah. I guess that, that part was just like, oh, sometimes I think that they they do feel like they need these, like bigger explanations than they really do but by trying to make the explanation bigger they make it a lot more watered down yeah it's like i feel like there was another way to imply that this demon was just a good guy without having to then have this like not only was there another demon that he had to fight and not only is there a woman with a mysterious pregnancy but then there's also this tribunal that for some reason has power over them you know i don't know it's just like a lot it was like too much one step too far I did also think that the tribunal demons looked a lot like the guy who did Giles a favor in the episode where they tricked Faith and pretended to give Angel his soul. I was like, hmm. But I guess it would also make sense now that they have this whole demon bar. Like, they've really got to come up with a lot of costumes each week. So maybe they're going to go through the old the old costume archive.
0: (laughs) Just tweak it a bit here and there.
1: Yeah. I mean, and then again, it makes sense that we would have seen eventually some of the same demons. I, I think but the yeah. one
0: thing that saved that story for me was the actress playing um oh, yeah. the Mother is very good and um I do really like her. Yeah. She's she's in she's on Jane, Jane the, Virgin the Virgin now and I think she, also One Day at a time.
1: She was in um Six Feet Under as well.
0: Mm.
1: She has like a good role in that. Yeah, yeah, I do really like her.
0: So this was probably one of her first roles, but you know yeah, she was very good yeah, that's funny. with what she was given. <laughs>
1: I just want to know why they wanted her baby. <laughs> Is that so much to ask?
0: Well, I think because they said the baby was going to be like some sort of force for good. So it's probably something. But how? She's just a human. <sighs> yeah, they don't. They don't really explain. <laughs> yeah. And then why don't we ever see that baby again? <laughs>
1: That's fine. You're right. I'm not, I'm not asking the right questions. Um, I, You know a, what else?
0: It's a MacGuffin, Jenny. Okay, fine.
1: I guess the, here, here's the other question. And I'm just saying this to, to have said it. But... um. They also, you know, early on, I skipped over this part, too, but like Wesley early on in the episode is like, oh, I've been making like contacts around trying to meet people to like help them in their missions, which I think is cool. And so he takes them the first time that they go to Lauren's bar isn't to sing and have Lauren read um, Angel's aura, but it's in fact to meet up with this other demon named Merle, who they're going to like pay for information. But then he ended up having lied to them. Did, did I miss the explanation? Was that definitely Wilferman Hart? Should I just assume that anything like that that goes wrong was Wilferman Hart or was he genuinely just a jerk? You know, because he he told them who to go after and sent Angel wrongly against, against that demon that he kills.
0: It's never confirmed that Wilferman Hart are the people sending demons after this woman. Um, and it, it doesn't have to be. It could just be that this demon recognized the opportunity to take both their bribe money and then get whatever reward for killing her. Um, mm, but I can't yeah. think of whoever else would have access to like rewards for yeah, extinguishing evil, but.
1: I guess the other demon that that guy was supposed, that angel jousted at the end. I don't know.
0: Well, I think he was just part of the um, the tribunal. Was he? Ugh. Uh, unclear. (laughs) See, that's the part where I feel like it falls apart is like, okay, Angel had that little like talisman talisman thing because that's how they were going to approach the tribunal. Mm -hmm. But then why was there another one? I don't
1: (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I exactly like who sent that other guy. Why? If they were going to have this mission, why did he need, you know, like they they do make it seem like, Oh, they're going to show up to have this duel because that's the way that these things are fought. But then why do you need a talisman? Like, if you've already agreed that this duel is going to happen, you don't need to show up with some special coin just to like, for what, you know, to make it so that one side can possibly lose it and then not fight. Didn't make sense.
0: I Hmm. feel like this was a very half baked idea and it was more in service to angel realizing exactly like his mission and you know that he will make mistakes and I don't know.
1: Yeah. But that, that said, I I think the rest of that stuff, me, I liked the story that this episode told about angel and about his group and, and that we get to see them, you know, they're still, they're working out of Cordelia's apartment because their offices were burned down. We get a hint about where they're going to end up in this episode. Um. So I liked, I really like as, as I think we learned in the last season, at least for me, the things that work well about angel are watching angel Cordelia and Wesley and now gun interact with each other. Like that's the stuff that really takes, takes it for me. So like, Angel kind of getting taken apart from them and doing a lot of this stuff on his own in this episode, in this episode, I think is a little bit of what what made it, you know, in addition to then just having this really convoluted explanation. I think him being by himself for so much of it was like, well, I didn't care for that part as much as I cared about the rest of it and watching him get back together with them at the end. I did really enjoy not get back together like he'd abandoned them, but you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, in some way, Angel's story feels like the B story or the C story in my level of care about it, although it's supposed to be the focal point of this episode. But yeah, I would say this is an instance where the plot isn't doing a lot for me, but I like the implications. Mm
1: -hmm. And I like, again, yeah, like the setup for where this season is going to hopefully go. I like where we're headed.
0: Yeah. Which is where are we headed next? What's the next episode? Uh,
1: Oh, I looked it up and I forget the name. It's a long name. Um, it's called "Are You Now or Have You Ever Been?" <laughs> Means nothing to me. I don't know what this. I think I remember
0: <laughs> which episode that is, though.
1: I don't, but I'm excited.
0: I think it has to do with the hotel.
1: Oh, well, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Hmm.
0: And then the next Buffy one is "Real Me."
1: Yes. So. I'm. I, I've got. I'm like. Ex- I'm really excited to watch it, but I'm nervous about this episode. <laughs> I think it's Dawn at her Dawniest. Yes. Though I'm excited to meet this new little sister.
0: I think hmm. we all are. I mean, I, <laughs> you know, I go back and forth. I, I ultimately like the character of Dawn. hmm I do, too. I like Dawn. I'm I think in this Dawn. first episode of her, she's
1: not Unbearable. quite where she ends up, <laughs> you know, so it's just a little
0: bit more annoying. Mm-hmm. I will say this is one instance where a show... You know, there's always that idea of you're going to introduce a younger character because yeah. for some reason you yeah. have to do that. But at least this one, it ultimately it made sense to do that. Like there was an actual plot device that right, made right, sense right. within the world of the show. And they tied yeah. it into bigger things, not just like, oh, your cousin's going to come live with us. Yeah. kind <laughs> of thing. Yeah. So. But I will say... Dawn always felt buff, like felt younger than Buffy and her friends. Like by the end of the show, she's the same age as they mm-hmm. were when it started. And ultimately she feels younger to me.
1: I think that's true. And that's, I think that's why a lot of people don't like her. Um, but we can, I, we should talk about this more next week. Cause I think yeah. I, I, f- I feel like it's really obviously a failing in writing than it is like a bad character concept, you know? It's like, there's just times when they'll just have her say things that don't make any sense compared to like other things that she'll say and do I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, that's the conversation for next week mm-hmm. and the rest of this season. Yes. We will get into it. Many <laughs> As times, I defend sure. younger siblings everywhere. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hmm. okay. Neither of us has experience with younger siblings.
1: No, I am the younger sibling. That's why I'm so defensive about it.
0: Hmm. I am neither the youngest nor the oldest. So. Yeah,
1: you're tricky. <laughs>
0: hmm. um, okay, well, um, I think that wraps up Buffy versus Dracula and mm-hmm. uh, Judgment. Judgment. Thank you. My God, I cannot keep track of that <laughs> episode name. This will, be, this will obviously continue to be a pattern where I don't remember what the Angel episode is called.
1: I mean, they're just not in my head the same way.
0: No, and and also they always sometimes seem to be a little beside the point. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Uh, well, do you um, have a, pop culture recommendations this week?
0: You know what? For the first time in a long time, I do. I actually have I'm so, so many that it was hard to make a choice.
1: <gasps> okay, you do mine then, because I have one, but I'd w- rather wait.
0: No, I, I want to dole mine out slowly. Because oh, okay. <laughs> if there's ultimately a drought again, I want to be prepared. I see. Um, but the one I want to talk about this week, I so I um, I think I mentioned before that I love romantic comedies. Mm -hmm. And it seems like there's kind of a new wave of like good ones, Mm -hmm. and that Netflix seems to be a player in this. And I watched Set It Up on Netflix, which is I keep seeing that get recommended
1: to me, but I haven't watched
0: Uh, it. it. It's amazing. Okay, Uh, well, it's amazing if you like romantic comedies with a slight twist, with good acting. I mean, it's got Tay Diggs and Lucy Liu, and okay, um, oh, that's
1: right, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, someone else was talking to me about this the other day.
0: It's very good, and I was, like, cracking up. Like, I was, like, laughing out loud It by myself in my apartment, like, the entire time I was watching this movie. It was delightful. Mm It's charming. It's fun. They kind of, like, you know, take a bunch of romantic comedy tropes and, like, lean into them, but also kind Mm -hmm. of subvert them. It's just, it was really fun to watch. It's a fizzy, bubbly thing, but it was also very good. I will probably watch it again.
1: It's been so. a really bad week in the real world, so that sort of thing sounds like a good
0: relief. It was a com- a wonderful escape.
1: Yeah. I'll tell you. We've, yeah. been, we've been watching Handmaid's Tale, which is the opposite of uh, that.
0: So. I still can't bring myself to watch it.
1: Uh, I'm having mixed feelings about it. That's not my recommendation this week. Although, I mean, why not? Yeah. So what is yours? Um, so I'm actually... I feel weird saying it because I haven't finished it, but like what the heck? Um I started a new book uh called The Fifth Season, and I actually got it for Christmas from J- our friend Jordan. Um and it is like won the Hugo Award recent recently or a couple years ago. 2015, the internet tells me. Um but it's like sort of I guess it's sci fi. Um, oh, this says science fantasy. That feels right. Um but I don't know it's it's hard to explain but basically it's like in a sort of alternate earth um where they're sort of the continent maybe there's only one big continent i haven't it's not exactly clear if that's true yet or not but they live in this world where kind of like in game of thrones they're like run into this fifth season that's like a really extended difficult winter and they also have a lot of seismic activity so there's like a lot of basically societies have a hard time sticking around for very long because there's a lot of like difficult dangerous natural disasters um and in addition to that there's some humans that are born with this like special ability where they're basically can contro- control kinetic energy and can sometimes either accidentally or on purpose like create those earthquakes as well as other things um and they're kind of like shunned upon by society but they also can some of them get like highly trained to be like these really skillful um You know, people that can like, oh, you need me to demolish this building. I can do it with these powers rather than whatever. Um, But the main character is this woman who at the very the very beginning of the book, like the world is ending and it kind of starts jumping around in time. But like there's been a huge cataclysmic seismic event that's actually going to end the world. And the main character is one of those. um, They're called Origin. She's like got those special powers. And um, she also finds out that like her son has been killed. So I don't know. There's like a lot going on, but it's it jumps perspectives between a few different people um, to kind of introduce you to like the world. But I just find the world building to be really organic and interesting, like like I'm having a hard time explaining it. But like it's because I've already read 300 pages and 300 pages is a lot to sum up in five minutes. Um, But I don't know. It's just I, I find it. I really like her writing. A bunch of it is written oddly in the second person, but like I didn't even really notice until I got kind of far into it. I was like, oh, that's what you're doing. But like, I do think it really effectively like puts you in the main character's position and then slowly builds out the rest of this world that they live in. And it's just nice. It's been, I have not liked most of the books that I've read recently. And it was like such a relief to start something and be like, oh my God, this is really enjoyable. (laughs) So I'm also trying to like drag it out, but it is the first book in a trilogy. So I've got a ways to go, but um, I really, really like it.
0: What are the other books in the trilogy?
1: Um, I don't know because I don't own them yet. Um, Mm. The Obelisk Gate is
0: the second one, and the last one is The Stone Sky. I was wondering if I had heard of any of them, but I haven't. But that sounds like a book I would enjoy. Yeah, I mean,
1: it's kind of in the same way that like watching Handmaid's Tale isn't a relief. Like it's getting really it's really dark in a lot of places, but mostly it's just like it can be really hard to make a new fantasy world. And she's doing it. The writer is like, I think she totally nails it. Hmm. Anyway, I'm really looking forward to finishing it. And thank you, Jordan, because it was a great recommendation and gift.
0: Yeah, I, um, I always pay attention to the part of their podcast when he talks about the books because mm-hmm. they're usually pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I'm still trying to make my way through their uh, Hillary Clinton book club, so. <laughs> <sighs>
1: uh,
0: yeah, so what team are you on? I'm going to be Team Lorne. <laughs> I thought about that. I really can't decide. Be Team
1: done. Be Team done.
0: No. She hasn't (laughs) earned anything yet. What are you talking about? Uh, That
1: was my second Ooh,
0: You know what? I'm going to be Team Joyce because, you know what? She was there, so that helps. And just like, (laughs) you know, like have that little moment with Buffy where she was like, you know, I'm really going to miss you. And she's sort of like kind of subtly shading for like Buffy for like not really being around a lot. So. Oh, poor Joyce. Yeah. Now she has another daughter. Also, Team Joyce in just uh, anticipation, I suppose. I don't know. Uh, Ah, I got to stack up on tissues. It's going to be a rough year. It is.
1: (laughs) We got a ways to go before that happens.
0: Yeah, we do. Um, Okay. Well, I will talk to you next time. Okay. Bye. Bye. Once More with Commentary is produced by me, Allie. And me, Ginny. Our theme music is from the album Rockingham by Nerf Herder. And our podcast logo is by Ryan Cooney. You can email us at scoobies at oncemorewithcommentary.com with any feedback, questions, comments that you have. And find us on Twitter and Instagram at podcast.
1: You can also find our most recent episodes and any show notes at oncemorewithcommentary.com.